Listening to the Left Wingers podcast. We are a left wing political podcast made by activists for activists. Hi, I'm Kathleen, a co host of the Left Wingers podcast. While we are recording this in the first couple of days of 2023, we have to start the new year by covering the last 12 months and what happened in the fantastic year and the crazy year that was 2022. I think I can speak for everyone when we say politically, it didn't go how anyone planned, especially us. We've come up with some categories to judge what happened politically um, in the last year, um, but we're only scratching the surface, but hopefully it should jog your memory. And if you do have anything that you think we missed or you want to talk about or something you think we got wrong, please do drop us a message on Twitter, Facebook, all, all our usual links, and we'll be happy to hear from you. So we've made up a list, we've basically made a list of things, politically speaking, that we feel highlight the year. And the first one, I think, is best presenter of the year or best newscaster or best journalist and obviously I'm going to start by saying I have taken a new job so I think I'm really really biased and I'm going to say I'm obviously going to say Labour list so I feel like I don't really get to judge this category but Ashan who do you think was the best Um, political presenter or commentator or journalist of the year? Political I think the person had the hardest job was um, Hugh Edwards who announced the Queen's death that was pretty rough for a presenter uh, politically, I'd say the, all the guys at the Daily Mirror, I'm pretty sure. I know that's biased as well, I suppose, but the way they sort of drip by drip exposed Boris over the year um, essentially brought him down, I would say. So I go with them. It's hard uh, to think, it's strange to think that Partygate was last year. That seems like, it seems like so long ago in, in yeah. politics, it was but like, actually it was only last year. Yeah, it kind of dragged on over sort of two years in a way. Because I remember it started yeah. first coming out at the end of 2021. And then the way they dripped it through was uh, quite impressive. And that was basically what did it for him. I reckon if they sort of bombarded all the files at once, it might not have gone the way it did. So I'd definitely go with the guys at the Daily Mirror. Yeah, I think that's a good chat. I'd also add, I mean, we didn't make a category for foreign journalists, but I think if we did, we'd have to give it to, I think it's called the Keith Keith Independent, uh, which is uh, a local newspaper based in Kiev who are covering the um, illegal war against Ukraine. And I think they've had a really hard time, but I, I've looked at their social media output in the past couple, of t- past couple of months and it's been really fantastic and they're clearly doing really good work under what I'm sure is uh, very stressful situations and what, is, what has obviously been a tough, a very tough year for them. Uh, there's a lot of independent journalists out there as well, um, as well as the ones that work with mainstream and as well as people of Ukraine, I'm sure they're, they're struggling too. They're still doing a good job getting news back to us. Yeah, exactly. I think, especially in times of crisis, it's good to have quality communication. I think that those those outlets, I think, I think the Mirror as well, to a lesser extent, have provided that. So I think that's really good. And obviously, we wish you know all the presenters, all the journalists, uh, the Kiev Independent. We wish them all the very best for the year ahead, and we hope that by the end of next year, or by the end of this year, they won't be reporting on the war because hopefully the war will be over. And of course, we now move on to everyone's favourite category, which is gaff or fail of the year. I've got a couple that I was thinking about, which I don't know. I don't know, Sean, what you were thinking. But my first one that I thought of was 
the quasi like the Kamikaze budget where he just absolutely tanked it and then was asked about it and just wouldn't comment. I don't know if this is a gaffe, but one of the funniest things I saw was, you know, in the one of those PMQs after Liz Truss came under pressure, she sort of went, I am, I think she tried to like bring out her in a thatcher by going, I am not standing down or I am not weak. I can't remember exactly what it was. She said she was an acquitter, yeah. That's the one. But then like a week later she quit. That was that was quite that's kind of brilliant. That's so clippable. Everyone's just clipped that comment of her. And then yeah. what I find is everyone uses it now for like daily life stuff. So she's become a meme. Yeah. New Year's resolutions and then like 31st of December, it's like, oh, I'm not a quitter. And then 2nd of January, it's like, I resign. <laughs> So it's, it's, there's some good ones this year there's, there's not been like I suppose the pork market stuff even though that wasn't this year I feel like it really came about this year into its own like all the, the list trust memes so I suppose you could throw them in for this year yeah exactly well. I'm reading uh, Harry Cole and James Hill's book Out of the Blue which is the like unofficial biography of Tross and it's just I've only in the beginning but it's just crazy like the stuff she got up to was just insane when she was a Lib Dem and then a Tory and they're like just crazy stories but the book is uh interesting and well worth a read I mean I think we absolutely nailed that okay Labour MP of the year oh that's hard so I've got uh, an answer for this which I know I think Ashan's going to agree so we haven't spoken about this before we recorded this but I think Ashan's going to agree and I'm not saying it because I'm a fan of his I'm saying it in a, in, in kind of a two in a two steps in a two-step way so Keir Starmer for Labour MP of the Year. If he is Labour MP of the Year next year, then I think he'll be Prime Minister. So I think this was this was like the groundwork for what is the building of a Labour government. And I think he's done this year almost as well as he can. Like he almost hasn't really put a foot wrong. And I think I'd be interested to see what he does in the next 12 months. If we're sitting here this time next year in 2024 and we're saying year of the you know, Labour MP of the Year, Keir Starmer, then I think he will become prime minister. But for a standout performance, I obviously have to single out Rachel Reeves for her uh, response to the budget. Yeah, well, I, I was actually going to say, a bit contradicting what you said, I think, yeah, Keir's done a really good job this year. But um, I almost don't want him to be MP of the year next year. I want like four or five people to also be sort of leading the line. I know they are at the moment, especially people like West Street team. Uh, Bridget Phillips is usually quite good mm. um, who, who are sort of pushing the agenda on the news but I would want to see like a bit like how it was I suppose in the 2000s where you had five people who you go ah yeah they're Labour people I see them all the time they're great rather than just sort of ah what's Keir up to what's Keir up to although I think that that narrative has changed this year uh, for the better so yeah that's what I'd say yeah fair point um okay this was this was I think the hardest category. So Tory MP of the year. Uh, I've got a good answer for this, but I'm interested to see what you think. Uh, right. I think from a Labour point of view, um, it would be was it the MP for North Shropshire or did he did he get sacked in 2021? Um, it's so hard. They all they all kind of merge into one year. Yeah, just like he he was a domino um, that set off the sort of chaos in terms of changing the way we look at politics in the last year. But I'd also say from an actual point of view of doing politics properly, I think Johnny Mercer's done some really good stuff on student mental health, um, which is quite impressive compared to what his colleagues are doing. Um, so I'd go with him, maybe. So I'd say Sajid Javid 
because I think he was the guy that set off the, I think it was 65 resignations in a day or something like that. I think him and Rishi were clearly the ones uh, going for it. And he took that stand. I think he must have known that he was in a really good position and he probably was not going to get a senior position in government for, again, or for a long time. So I think he... Well, I reckon, I reckon he knew he was going to step down as well. Did what he thought was the right thing, which is very rare. I mean, it did benefit him, to be fair to him, you know. But I think it must be, even at the toughest times, Conservative Party discipline is really tough. And I think I, breaking any kind of whip is quite challenging. I think I I definitely come up with a winner here. I think Ben Wallace has done a good job as Defence Secretary. I know it's a boring one. But, Ooh, good um, one. The boring one, it's quite vanilla, but to be fair, he's done what he's meant to do. And I'm sure the people of Ukraine would agree as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Ben Wallace gets that title. Okay, worst PM of the year, which is not really a category we usually have, but obviously there were three prime ministers this year, so you get to choose. I think you could make a case for all of them and you wouldn't even disagree. But just because of the best six weeks of her in my life, I'm going to say mistrust, surely. Yeah, it's got to be Liz. I think because it tanked so quickly. And it's not that Boris didn't tank, it just took him longer to do it. And then yeah. I also are quite I'm quite liking this like new thing that Rishi's got going where he absolutely denies at every single like opportunity that he ever did anything to hurt the economy, despite the fact that he the Conservatives have been in power for 12 years. He was Chancellor for I think over two years and he's now the Prime Minister. It's quite like a it's quite an interesting thing that people are just not there's an absolute like no there's that we weren't part of that and it's like well no you were because you were you were I mean you weren't the person that did it but you were one of the architects of the situation so I find I think I found that quite funny but I think it has to go to Liz and uh yeah. I've absolutely I think a lot of people this year have had tough years but I think Liz Truss really probably did have the worst year in British politics but uh I have no empathy for her I just found it I mean you were saying um how Boris took so long to come down there was a point where people were complaining like oh well, why isn't maybe doing enough to bring him down quicker and then Liz Truss was just imminently like straight away shit hit the fan on her own accord as well it was such like a, a juxtaposition in, which I found quite funny yeah I think she did more harm to the Conservative Party than almost any Labour yeah. leader could ever wish to do so for that we say well done aspirational really aspirational uh okay Whose resignation, or we've, we've kind of already done this, but whose resignation made the most impact? I think it was probably the Owen Patterson, like we said. I don't know if that was this year or last year now. But... Oh, I was going to say the, the MP down south in Tiverton Honiton. I was going to say his name because I think that that, because Boris knew about it and then he said he didn't know about it, but he actually did know about it. Uh, isn't Tiverton Honiton the guy that was watching Paul? Oh, in yeah. Spain? Oh yeah, that was that. Was, that happened people well. knew. People knew about. Like, I think. I think with a lot of the sexual harassment stuff in politics, like Boris knew about it. And oh, it's not I think the fact it was Chris that... Pincher. Are you on about Chris Pincher? Oh, maybe it's him. Yeah, because I, I think the Tiverton Hunter one. I I watched the interview of him sort of after the fact that he did that and it came out, and he generally looked like he had no idea what he was doing. And he was just a poor old man on it on a mobile phone. But the Chris Pincher one was horrific because he'd promoted him at the time, knowing that he was um, basically a predator and had been so had done so on multiple occasions. But they know the the thing is, I think Boris 
and team Boris knew all about these things and did nothing. And it's not in any walk of life. There are people who don't do their jobs well and there are people that break rules and laws. Yeah. But then that's where you need management to come in and that's where you need people to say, no, actually, this is the wrong thing to do. And you can't you can't then give them a promotion if you know what's going on. And either you didn't know or you did know. But the odds are, I think, in both of those situations that they did know. And then denying it and saying they didn't know, I think, was actually the nail in the coffin. So I, I actually don't think it was MPs behaving badly. I actually think it was MPs behaving badly and the government not acknowledging it and promoting them instead. I think that that was it was the response, not necessarily the action. That I think really, I think to look back on the year, bottom down. Exactly. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to I'm going to throw in another category. Um, on, this is a weird one, but I, I was on, reading about it this morning. It was next big scandal in government. And I think there will be... Yeah, I've got one. A big sort of... I, I think either due to the Tories falling apart even more and the leadership collapsing, or just the fact that it normally happens towards the end of a government, a massive sex pest scandal in Westminster. And numerous stories will keep coming out because that's what a few... I, I'll, get, I'll, give, I'll send the article out, but that's what... A lot of Tory MPs and staffers are saying that it's actually much bigger than we think. So I think that will be the next big thing that comes out of the Tory party and maybe Westminster in general. I'm sure Labour people aren't innocent. Yeah, it's definitely cross-party. I mean, I, I think we've definitely focused a little bit more on the Conservative side of things this year, but I'm in no doubt that it is a cross-party thing. I didn't even think about that. What I originally thought was housing. So I think that there's going to be some kind of scandal or something around housing because I think... I you mean like a rebellion? That- yeah, some kind of, I don't know, but essentially what I do know is that there is a huge renters crisis and there is a huge housing crisis and there's a mortgage crisis and it's like almost becoming like a perfect storm and I don't think people in government have acknowledged that it's happening. They haven't offered support and I don't think they care and I think there are people, there are landlords looking for fixed mortgages next year that are trying to renew that and they'll essentially have to pay three or £400 per month every year or however much the government you know, however much they decide how much it, it says and I think something will come out I don't know but I think there'll be something on the lines of MPs not really caring and just not not really understanding the fact that this is yeah. going to really hurt people and that the average person just can't pull three or four hundred pound out of their bank accounts every month that they have that they're happy to lose and it will impact Maybe where it's a, so many MPs are landlords, maybe that's it. Maybe it's the fact that Robert Jenrick was a terrible housing minister. Maybe it's something to do with fire cladding and, and safety. I don't know, but I think there's a lot happening in housing. So it's something to watch next this year, 2023, I think the housing scandal or something will happen there. I, I, I also, I 100% agree. And um, one other one, there's sort of like three big crises in the UK is housing, sort of education and the NHS. But I think, one thing that came out, I think, yesterday was Rishi Sunak stepping back from Liz Truss's increase in childcare um, policy. So her idea was to oh, do really? 20, more year, 20 hours, I think, a week more free childcare, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And mm. I think Rishi Sunak is going to go back on it. And as more and more people need to work now, especially to sort of make ends meet, with childcare costs going up as well, I think that's a big crisis in the making, especially considering it already was before. Yeah, it definitely was year. pre-pandemic. And I think maybe the pandemic has just highlighted it because people are at home so much. And it also gives them, I saw this brings us to our next one, um, the Young Politician of the Year, but it also oh, yeah. allows Labour to sort of um, push their um, 
childcare and education policy better in the vacuum the Tories will create. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, interesting. Really, really interesting. I, I definitely think childcare is something not spoken about enough in the Labour Party, but actually affects millions of people per year and it hasn't been. Yeah, I it's think RCLP, yeah. RCLP was, uh, our conference motion was childcare based. Oh, I like that. Um, and a lot of them is run by sort of mums organisations. I can't remember what the, the March for Mummies was a big thing yeah. um, a few months ago. Um, and that was something that RCLP was really heavily involved in. So it, it definitely is a thing that people do talk about. It just doesn't, it's not very Hollywood, I suppose. In terms yeah, it's of definitely not very Westminster. But actually, I think sometimes, especially with the Labour Party, on things like childcare and things like housing, the majority of us almost pretty much agree you could take the most left person and the most right person in the Labour Party and they would both agree that the childcare system needs reforming. They would both agree that the social the social care system needs reforming and they'd both agree that the housing crisis is a disaster. And they'd all they'd all agree. And I think we'd pretty much be able to speak. Like I, I think we could get, you know, 10 Labour activists in a room and I think they'd all come up with a very sensible childcare policy that the majority of us would probably agree on. So it's a shame it's not being spoken about enough. I agree. I think... Um... Though there is, a, I always find it's funny that we do agree on a lot of things. It does give us sort of a bit of um, tunnel vision on certain policies. But on that, I think we definitely need to put some more stuff out there. Yeah, for sure. Interesting stuff. We should definitely get on somebody from uh, a childcare campaign. We should definitely yeah, do that. No, for sure. If you see, if you if you're listening and you work for a childcare campaign, or you know someone that does, or you speak about it a lot in your day to day job drop us a line because we definitely want to hear from you okay and we move on to young politician of the year i've got a good i've got a good one to start if you're thinking ashan i think greta thunberg has got a she's got to have that not particularly because she just consistently is banging the drum for a very long period of time about climate change but her i think ability to not i think she gets challenged and she gets a lot of hate from people on the right and her ability i think just to not care and to crack on anyways is quite her stubbornness almost in and her message discipline is truly something the Labour Party could learn from in that just not listening to what people have to say and consistently pushing out content to do with your message and to do with your lines and I think every year she seems to every year I think she can't she's a household name now I think in the UK I just don't know how she'll get more and I'm kind of fascinated to see where she'll be in five years time. So uh, I, I actually gonna go with it's Sada Marin, the Prime Minister of Finland. I thought she oh, nice. had to go through a lot of crap. And actually, she's actually does fit the category quite well, because I think when she won election three years ago now, or two, two and a half years ago, um, she was the record holder for youngest ever Prime Minister in the world, if that's mistaken. You can put oh, me wow. up on that. If that... Yeah, uh, Finland's youngest ever, and the youngest um, state leader at that time, like leader of government. Um, in the world at that time so she fits the bill and she's had quite a tough year I know she went through a lot of um, crap again from seemingly right-wing people for sort of enjoying her life which apparently is bad for politicians yeah, yeah that's right so that... John. don't ever enjoy your life if you ever yeah. go and work for politics no 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 you must be sad I know no, all the, the time that was that, the one thing that was really sad was um she had a bit of I think publicly broke down and she still received shit about it which was pretty awful but yeah that's pretty bad but she got through it and I don't know much about Finnish politics but she's still going so 
she's okay. still there. So yeah. best of luck to her. Better than our recent prime ministers. So. That's a fair point, actually. Okay, so uh, I mean, I think we ask this one every year, but I think we can only speculate. But let's speculate, anyways. Will Labour win the next general election? Um, I don't want to say yes because I feel it's just tempting fate that we won't because that's just something we we like to do, not win. But I, I actually I'm going to say confidently, yeah, today. Yeah, me too. But that comes the little asterisk of I'm really excited to see what happens in the May elections because it's going to be outside London. There's going to be huge, there's going to be huge numbers on the line. I'm excited to see what councils come up with, what what places we make gains in, and what places we need to make gains in. Which I think would be I'm absolutely fascinated to see what happens. Uh, so I think if we have a good result in 2023 local council elections, I think we'll be on for a winner. Yeah, I think it'll be like um, I don't. You weren't old enough, but neither was I. But the nineteen ninety four um, Euro elections was like the mo- moment where people knew that we could win the next election. Um, in regard to nineteen ninety seven, so I'm hoping that's more of a moment. And actually, it'll be interesting to see um, outside of London. You're right because I don't think there's many London seats up for grabs um, in May. It's more sort of midlands and north england it's so. midlands it's typical red wall yeah it's a, i think yeah it's it's really interesting and i've been interested to see what if anything comes of it and what we can i obviously you can't extrapolate from local council elections but they're definitely a good bellwether it does tend to put um, pressure on parties though either way so if we do well we might see the end of rishi or if rishi does well we might see the end of certain elements within his party for example so it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah exactly okay and then we're going to finish up with a favorite moment of the year personally and politically so i'll go first on this so i think my favorite moment of the year this year was running the london marathon because uh it was an incredible experience that i'd recommend to anyone and i'd also say second to that was meeting ashan at conference because we had a good night out and it was a lot of fun so definitely gets one for me and i think my favorite moment politically I think I'd have to say Liz Truss walking out at number 10. I think that was truly crazy. And I think everyone knew that day she was going to resign. That was pretty great. And then I'd also say the bit with, I think we we kind of missed this on political moment of the year, but Boris Johnson was in that select committee and Darren Jones asked him if he had a good day and what he was up to. I think like that was quite a funny like political moment yeah. of the year. I also that, that that similarly to that, I, I'll do my my bit later. But it was when Angela Rayner goes up to the dispatch box and goes, just just straight up, Prime Minister, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, in a very condescending voice, which I thought was pretty brilliant as well. Um, so personally, for me, um, I worked abroad for the first time in my life, which I thought was pretty fun um, and a really great experience. And I recommend if any of you get the chance to do it. Um, and politically, um, obviously, I met Kathleen and a lot of amazing Labour people at the conference, um, which was the first time I've ever been. So really interesting. But also, I was actually in the room for the leader speech and I just felt a lot of things sort of turned on their head there. I just the whole room was on him, like sort of on his side, which was really weird for a leader speech. And How unusual. From, yeah, it was really weird. Um, and from that point I think we've just looked stronger and stronger and more confident so I'll keep it at home within the Labour Party and say that leader speech 
yeah good shout okay so before we wrap up we've got a little announcement to make we're hiring we're looking for new presenters to grow our left wingers family we're looking for people that want to whinge with us on a weekly basis have a keen interest in uk and labor politics and want to give a few hours of their time per month to help grow our brand and to grow this podcast if that seems like you keep an eye on this podcast and our social media pages because we're putting up our application form very soon if you've got any questions hop on twitter and send us a direct message and we'll get back to you as soon as we can just wanted to say for finally a big thank you to everybody who listened and supported us through the year 2022 was a great year and we want 2023 to be even better so if you enjoyed listening please subscribe um, reach out to us and you'll be notified when new episodes come out and we'd also love to hear your views and thoughts if you want to add anything say anything have a go at us to support us please do reach out to us on all our usual platforms and hopefully look forward to hearing some brilliant new applicants to become another one of the, the left wingers i'm so excited i can't wait for people to join our team don't forget keep whinging try and keep to your new resolutions and we'll see you soon <laughs>